0: hi and welcome to creeps and crime story time i'm charlie i am sophie we have got a special episode today drum roll Mm -hmm. please it's a sophie special Yay. yay So I don't know what this story is about. Sophie's been keeping it very tight-lipped. She won't tell me a fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've
1: been very, very quiet. She's been event- very secretive, Sneaky.
0: and I am looking forward to hearing it. Because the last time we had a Sophie special yeah. was the first time we had one, and mm. that was the case in The Silent Twins, which there was so much shit I had no idea about. And yes. I have a feeling that this is going to be another <laughs> one where I'm going to be on a journey. I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm going to want to be on it, but You'll I feel like I'm going
1: somewhere. I think once you get hooked, you will appreciate the hook, but then also be like, I don't want this to go anywhere. Is that
0: another way of saying that once you get strapped in, you can't escape? Yes. Okay. You right. strap
1: yourself in, you brace yourself, and you find that it's locked.
0: The seatbelt cannot be undone. It is and jammed. you are with,
1: like, with well, sadness. this is it
0: for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's get into it. Tell me Let's this get story. into it.
1: My case today, uh-huh. our story is the tragic loss of Sylvia Plath and I've the one heard who soon followed.
0: Of Sylvia Plath. I've heard mm-hmm. her name. Yes. I feel like we're going back in time a little bit. We are going like... to
1: 1932. Okay. So it's the 30s and it's quite old timey.
0: Okay, that's cool.
1: It's very it's fun. It's a good aesthetic. It is.
0: Yeah. Okay. It
1: is. I'm really excited to talk about this though, uh-huh. as it's something I haven't heard too much about. And the mystery around it, that everything that goes on, I've not seen much of it before anyway, so maybe you know some things, maybe not.
0: I know very little about this case. I don't know enough where I could confidently tell somebody, yeah, I know all about this, (laughs) and then go into a monologue. I couldn't do that.
1: Yeah. I gotta say, a lot of it's been hidden away really well.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: super concealed. It's like, how the fuck do I not know this? Okay. It's insane Could I treat good <laughs> are you ready i'm so fucking ready yay okay right let's get into it in 1932 society was blessed with the birth of sylvia plath it's a day of october 27th which makes her a Scorpio. And her birthstone is opal and tourmaline, and her birth flower is the geranium.
0: Ooh, okay. Lovely. So we've got some. Lo- I want Halloween
1: man. Oh, same! Like oh, I spent so the excited. whole of September preparing for. Yeah. Oh. And kind of like. Well, it might well be Halloween now.
0: Like, Pre-Halloween. Mmm, it is. It's, it's like a baby Halloween one. Yeah, so David and I have a little. Disney Halloween Countdown Calendar. Oh, you do! I remember that. And as soon as it hits September first, it's like right, get the calendar out, and we're going to count down. And each day, when I come home from work, like yeah, either he'll have done it before he goes to work, or I'll do it when I get home. Oh, that's really sweet. And it'll be like a little day less It's so so cute. I need one. Come on, September. Anyway,
1: during this year, something else really cool happened.
0: Uh huh.
1: Just while we're being positive, I'll put these things out there. Uh huh. You remember Amelia Earhart? I do. She flew across the Atlantic on the may 30th
0: oh my god the okay. same year so we've got that we've got sylvia we coming into the I world i just had a thought go on i what? just my brain was like whoa, whoa, whoa. What, what? maybe we should do an episode on amelia earhart we should i would like that okay we could do that we could do like some theories and some because there are some, some theories there's a lot of mysteriousness there there okay, is okay. and there's
1: a you can lean into conspiracy though as well there's room for
0: that if you want to lean in you can lean in
1: Freaking lean. Let's we'll just put, put that put on the that list.
0: Put in the pocket. <laughs> put it in the pocket. pocket. Okay. I
1: can feel my brain sort of staring like that drifting. way. Like no. nope, nope. I gotta focus. <laughs>
0: but she's known as the Babe of the Sky.
1: Oh, she. Which yeah. is really cool. That's a,
0: we need to. We need to. We just talked about how we're gonna snap back to reality, and we have just
1: continued. Oh, Sylvia. Okay. okay, so Sylvia was born to parents Otto and Aurelia
0: her mom's name is aurelia mm-hmm. oh my fucking god so pretty that's so pretty aurelia yeah that's a really cute name yeah i love it
1: it's so dainty it's very delicate. and 30s
0: well, aurelia 20s seems very like
1: shakespearean it does it seems like it's not real it's, it's so yeah. romantic and quaint yeah and gorgeous so they raised her in boston massachusetts
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh before we go any further once again, I'm going to be saying Massachusetts a lot, so feel free to pour yourself some shots. As to me, about twenty if you can handle it.
0: Oh, so we take a shot every time you say Mass Massachusetts
1: Massachusetts. Yeah,
0: I really struggle saying that word because I find it really hard. I always end up saying shits instead. <laughs> massive shits. No, like, I just can't. Like if I say it really quickly, it comes out. Wrong you just give time. up and go shits. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Don't be mean. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: as a young child, she was very creative and adorable. Um, Let's see. I do thank her parents for this because... Uh Her dad, Otto. We love Otto, by the way. Okay, Otto's a good guy. He's he's splendid. Okay. Truly splendid. He was a professor of biology uh-huh. and an anthropologist, which Charlie told me a few minutes ago is it Studier of Books? Yes. I Googled it and then I forgot to write it down. Oh. Okay. So, whoops. <laughs> That's on me. And her mum was a housewife.
0: It's, it's weird it's being nice. in this position. I kind of feel like I need to, like, it's so I'm obviously. Mm. The big sister, yes, and I'm very like big sister vibes. I'm a bit of a control freak, absolutely, in the way that I know how I like things to be done, mm-hmm. and if I want them done well, I just do them myself. So this whole time, <laughs> it's weird not being in the driver's seat because I feel like I need to go. Okay, that's real nice, but I'm just going to do this and first. then turn the laptop. Yeah, I feel like just turn the laptop <laughs> towards me and turn Mike towards me and just be like, right, I'm just going to get this done and then we'll do something else because you are fidgeting. I'm- <laughs> You need, like, something to do. It's, it's so weird, and it's really difficult. I'm going to try not to fuck up this episode.
1: No, no, it's okay. I'll, I'll be just as bad. Okay. Um. Let's see. She was raised in a relatively safe... Okay, she was from a young age, surrounded by lovely parents, from Excellent. what I can see, in a relatively quiet neighbourhood at the time. Okay. I don't know what it's like now. I mean, it but could be... But back then, it
0: was kind of chill and quiet. Yeah, quite fancy pants. Oh, okay. So a little Very, bit suburbia.
1: Yeah, you know... White fences,
0: oh, I got nice you. Nice hedges, I got you. Very, Very green, green grass, area. I got it. Very lush, like the ones that are in the movies. Yeah, in the okay. classy movies,
1: and you're like, I wish the I house could have is afforded like the really house. Far apart yeah, oh,
0: okay, we've got porches. They do. Oh, that's fucking and those assholes. fancy we've lights, all bright. the filigree. <laughs> I see it. I see it.
1: Okay. Okey doke. Uh, let's see. She was surrounded by nature as well, which cool. which comes into this quite a bit. Okay i don't want to I, I yell bit at you sorry was into
0: it a Bit a
1: bit so for her admiring nature was an eye-opener and to how that perspective from a young age can really stand people in good stead i'm touching this and it's highlighting the typos and quite embarrassed because mm-hmm. one of them is your name oh my fucking god <laughs> it's just the c isn't an uppercase yeah i'm disgusted <laughs> Like her mother, uh-huh. she was often writing and expressing creativity. Um, she was encouraged and allowed to frequently enter competitions at her local library and school.
0: Oh, which is so, so wholesome. like little book competitions and stuff. Yeah.
1: That's fucking adorable. For both art and writing for the next few years, would soon go on to publish her own writings in regional newspapers.
0: Oh, so how old was she when she was writing stuff for like the newspapers? I'm going to get to that. In oh, just a okay, second, okay. Sorry, sorry. But that's
1: a good question to ask
0: because <laughs> I'm thinking she's probably not still a toddler if she's like doing writing competitions. So I was like, <laughs> hang on, how many? How? <laughs> we shall see.
1: Okay, okay. So she wrote newspapers such as the Boston Herald. Oh shit! She also won a few of these competitions. One of them that's notably and the first to be documented, the sale of her first poem to the Christian Science Monitor in the years of a high school education, but to come back on her young age and rewind, eight years old. Oh, her so first was... publication in the Boston Hell. She did that at eight years old.
0: Holy shit.
1: Man. Eight years old? That's under ten. Un- yes, one digit. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I was casting my amazing. mind back to when I was eight years old. I was like, I was just playing and that not when
0: much. you were eight, <laughs> you would not have had a published article, <laughs> I wouldn't In, would. in Anything. I
1: would have an imaginary one.
0: Like, I love you so much. Yeah. But. The <laughs> face! <laughs> it was just like a blank <laughs>
1: Yeah, no. It was not there. It was severely delayed. So it said. By many that grew up around Sylvia Uh and her parents, so she always had the natural drive to succeed, learn more, and grow, expand her knowledge and her passion to write that never left her.
0: Sorry, if you can hear a squeaky noise, (laughs) that's just my cat. She's wandered in and she's demanding attention.
1: Yeah, it's... So, go to the year 1935. On April 27th, her little brother was
0: born. No? (gasps) You said she was born in
1: 1932. Oh my god, I put that in the wrong section. Oops. <laughs> she's got a little brother. Yeah, she does. And okay. is, your cat is judging me so hard yeah. right now. This is why I wouldn't be able to publish anything. <laughs> it's all in the wrong order. Let's face it, so this anyway, is just tell the way out. I will. Okay. He's named Warren. And Aww. following that, one year later, the family moved out of Jamaica, Jamaica Plain, Massachusetts, to another part of Massachusetts, Winthrop. <laughs> so, three? Are we on the third Massachusetts?
0: Yeah, but you've just said a couple more and i uh, asking me about Massachusetts. Massa- Massachusetts. If I say it too fast, I say Massachusetts.
1: If I go to say it, I fuck up like the four words before it to make sure I say Massachusetts <laughs> right. You, like,
0: so I was like,
1: Tal-a-pa. Massachusetts, Winthrop. <laughs> Five years later, the first tragedy would strike the Plath household. Oh, shit.
0: So this Otto is Plath- when Sylvia was eight.
1: You did that math so quick. Yeah. Okay. She was eight and a half. This took me. I had to use the calculator on my phone. (laughs) I went from 1950, whatever, minus 1932 to get her age. Okay, I was like, uh. I just could not do it. Okay. The first bit of sad is here. Otto Plath would breathe his last breath on November 5th Only a week and a half after Sylvia's eighth birthday. That's fucking horrific. It is. Do you want to know how he passed? I mean, yeah. I'm going to read it out loud. Oh, so, no. here we go. His cause of death is listed as complications following the amputation of his foot.
0: Oh, my God. Due to
1: diabetes that had been for a long oh, time shit. untreated. It was after diabetes one of... is
0: no fucking joke. It's not.
1: Holy shit. It's seriously, like, that can overlooked. That could fuck you up. It can. And it fucked him up
0: with his foot. Oh, man. That's terrible. It's very sad, because she was a
1: baby when this happened.
0: Eight years old.
1: It was after one of Otto's very close friends passed away only a few weeks prior to lung cancer. And cancer and its symptoms, its diagnosis, especially in the 30s and 40s thereabouts, compared to how well studied it is now, was incredibly underwhelmed. I remember on top of this, it comes in for later again, as Otto was an entomologist and professor of biology, as I said before. He authored a book on bumblebees. Aww. Now, this will come in later, so remember the bumblebees. Okay, I've
0: got the bumblebee book.
1: Good, good. Sylvia continued with her education, and at age 19, I don't know why I said age. <laughs> <laughs> at, at age, age 19, <clears throat> Sylvia attended Smith College. A private woman. Wi- <laughs> wow! <laughs> I wow. thought it was bad before with Massachusetts. <laughs> <Holy laughs> what English when you can just struggle? <laughs> I didn't even read out a typo. That was right. Take a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> Sylvia continued with her education, uh-huh. and at age nineteen, Sylvia attended Smith College. A private women's liberal arts college in 1950. It should be the 1950. It should
0: be the 1950. For a- she was eight when her dad died. Mm. And you said that was 1950, but she was born in 1932. Then her dad actually died in 1940. Okay. So you said that Otto died in 1950. Mm hmm. But so if it's... she was born in 1932, then she would have been eight in 1940. Ah, yeah. So if he died in 1940 and then she went to college in 1950, then that means that when she went to college, she would have been 18 and a half turning 19 in 1950. Yep, that sounds yeah, about right. Okay. <laughs> thank, so, thank you right, for doing okay, got that. that yeah. okay. <laughs> That was a test. <laughs> oh, did you? You did pass with flying colours. <laughs> I, I love passing with flying colours.
1: Especially like random tests you don't expect.
0: Yeah. When you, when you get everything right, tests like the not <gasps> even tests.
1: Yeah, <laughs> saved it. She was at even like studying at this point mm-hmm. academically. She stood out
0: as oh, an incredible,
1: amazing, astoundingly talented young lady. So she's and
0: one of those girls yes, in your class. She's just good at fucking everything.
1: Yeah, and she's stunning.
0: Oh my gosh. Not that looks have anything to do no, with it, anything, it but well, it, like it, yeah. it adds a little bit I of extra pizzazz. So had a crush on her. Oh my god! I've been like. She sounds like an incredible person.
1: She's lovely. She's lovely and she was such good a good student. She set a she new high standard. She was such a, a, a good
0: d- student. She was. She was
1: a good student. <laughs> she was also a member of the Phi Beta Kappa academic <laughs> honor society. That just felt like a lot of syllables. I don't know what I just said.
0: I oh, get it, like, so it's like a frat thing. It's a sorority thing. Yeah, so sorority. in America, the boys have frats and the girls have sororities. And they call mm-hmm. themselves after Greek letters of the alphabet for some fucking reason. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. I don't know. There you go. So that's that. That's the okay. thing. I didn't know.
0: Oh, okay. I was like, oh, she's one of one of those. Okay. <laughs> so she's one of those smart, popular girls. Okay.
1: Yeah, she's even in the cool sorority club. With so all... she's a
0: cool sorority girl. Yep. she's really smart. She's mm-hmm. really talented. And she's really beautiful. She's... She sounds amazing, and I hate the fact that we're telling a story about her because that means something terrible happened. It does. (laughs) I just want her, like... Yeah. I really just want her to go on and have a great life and just have a great time. I can't tell you how
1: close she was to doing that.
0: Oh. Maybe I shouldn't have said that at this
1: point. Oh. In her college years, she edited regularly for the Smith Review, which is always a good thing to add to your portfolio as a writer. Oh, yeah. And at this stage, (laughs) I'm really rooting for this young lady. Heck yay. I forgot if we could swear or not on this for some reason, so I put
0: heck. Well, we do.
1: Instead of... (laughs) Constantly. (laughs) After her third year of college, Sylvia had been awarded a position as a guest editor at a magazine called Mademoiselle. Mm. and that was when she spent a month a whole month in new york city
0: oh that's cool Ooh, that's jazzy especially
1: back then with the party scene
0: yeah and all the social lights and she's like naturally gorgeous oh i bet she fit right in she did i I wish things things
1: like this would happen to me heart emoji because you know we'd have to get flights i feel like she probably just drove there the
0: fact that you put emojis (laughs) into your written scripts yeah tells Anyone who doesn't know is the differences between
1: you and I. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's the, on the I know, keyboard, it's, it's, it's the... it's the
0: emoticon.
1: Yeah, and then the like, three. Like, the little...
0: Um, less than, more
1: than Less than, thing. more than, and then the heart. And
0: then the, and the three. Then the,
1: three. To the, the sideways heart. The MySpace heart. <laughs> oh, the golden days of MySpace. There was a moment that really stuck out in her life here that had a profound effect on her. Okay. Some experiences in her time here... Time here uh, ooh. Oh, this laptop is good.
0: I know, right? I'm using the
1: touch screen, and I, I clicked on my typo, and then it corrected it. <laughs> I'll be doing that from now on. You're like, oh, shit. It was used and explained later uh, as inspiration for the novel The Bell Jar.
0: I think I've heard of that.
1: Mm-hmm. I only heard of this uh, when I studied English literature in college. It was just, we read it in passing, and then met. that was it. Next yeah. book. It was just so swept over, dismissed.
0: But you didn't know, like, what? any this. It was written billion, you just,
1: yeah i find myself wanting to read this again one now i'm older i want to go back to the bell jar and read it uh-huh and two because i've got this this story and this this further deeper context for it yeah what do you think
0: do you think you'll give it a go maybe like once i know what this is then if you will tell me what the event is oh then maybe
1: that's true well i'm gonna add it to my book list and i may update you guys on our instagram how that goes Oh, okay. Yeah, I well, think that'll have be like fun.
0: Recommended reads.
1: Yeah, like I, I think we should.
0: That'd be pretty cool. I, w-
1: I would like to implement that somehow, oh, if yeah. that's okay with you. Yeah, we because should do that. Because if these people are like fellow crime nerds, yeah. they'll be fellow book nerds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They'll be there okay yeah,
0: we could do some like recommended lurking
1: reads. politely. <laughs> yeah,
0: that sounds good to me. Yeah.
1: Okay. Go speak to us, guys. We want to hear it. Anywho, the chief editor of Mademoiselle magazine had uh-huh. arranged a meeting with one of Sylvia's favourite ever poets. Oh. Like, she was dazzled. I wonder if you know who this is? Um. So I'm going to give you multiple choice.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, i being jazzy for this episode. Was it A, Charles Dickens, B, Dylan Thomas, or C, Edgar Allan Poe? What well, yeah, did Edgar Allan Poe die? Was
0: it Dylan Thomas?
1: It was B. Yippee skippy!
0: Well done. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> I think that's the quietest you've ever been on this recording, <laughs> this podcast. This editor had arranged a meeting with this poet, uh-huh. but hadn't invited Sylvia along for said meeting. Other staff,
0: uh-huh.
1: almost everyone else. But once Sylvia found out, she was furious. Well, yeah, absolutely fucking furious, as anyone would be. I would be. And to recover this, you know, chance of meeting him, and hopefully to meet him. She took it upon herself, bless her, to spend time at the White Horse Tavern and the Churchley Hotel for two days.
0: Oh, so did she just hang out waiting to see him? Like, yeah. Come? And get his autograph, say hi. Oh my you God, know, that's so You know, maybe
1: swap uh, addresses for letters, because obviously really phone awesome. numbers weren't too much of a thing then. Yeah. It was just like... Uh, they can't see him. Phone boxes. Did Do you
0: mean lab lines?
1: <laughs> no, the ones outside in a box.
0: Yeah, phone boxes, but people That's also it, in the 30s, people did have phones in their
1: houses. Okay. Well, that too. I do wonder mm-hmm. how happy it would have made her and if that happiness would have had any profound effect on her that comes to heavily impacted behaviours displayed in the time to come, very shortly. Like, if she had met him, yeah. would any of the things that do end up happening, would they have still happened? Or would this have on oh, okay. a completely different course of mindset?
0: Okay.
1: Because I... yeah Just a heads up for mention of suicide here. Okay. After a few weeks of this unfortunate missing of the paths crossing didn't work out because she wasn't aware that he was already making his way home over those two days.
0: Right. So he wasn't even in the area. He wasn't. Oh, that's such a He'd shame. He'd left. And I, I wasn't really good for her. Yeah, that sucks.
1: It's, it would be like us not being able to to the Gothniks. Yeah. Mean great yeah. thing we did. That was so cool. That was very cool. Anywho, she had slashed both of her legs. Oh and it's debated God. whether it's her thighs or her calves. But either way, it was done with the mindset of, quote, to see if I had enough courage to kill myself, and wow. quote. That's not me rambling. That's her. I don't know if she was taken to a hospital for these injuries, but I'm guessing she was. And she was also... She was administered electroshock therapy for a diagnosed depression.
0: Oh, my fucking God. Yeah. One of just, Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful for the knowledge that we have now about mental health. Mm -hmm. And I know that without people doing research and tests in previous years, we would not have discovered the things that we currently know. Mm -hmm. But the fact that medical science had to go through that phase. It was rough is horrific. Mm-hmm. Electroshock therapy is just the worst thing. And it took people far too long to realise it didn't fucking work. <laughs> yeah, it did. We shall see that.
1: That that comes into play this episode. Ooh. It was also during this time that she was refused admission to the Harvard Writing Seminar. Oh, which no. is even more shit news oh, to have. Because, you know, Missing someone that you admire, that's gone. They they've flown away.
0: Oh my! Fucking
1: Probably God, won't see that's them again. Terrible. You can't write them a letter and they can't write you one because yeah. there's no phones. And then you get refused Harvard.
0: Yeah, and then you're you're like writing. To that would be stuff. devastating. That's so terrible.
1: It is. I couldn't find specific reasons why, but it could be because they established rich people excuses. Exclusive education facilities may have looked down on her if they were aware of her self-harming and a depression. Yeah, may have been like yeah, we don't want to be associated yeah, with we that. We don't
0: want anything to do with someone who's unstable. Yeah, mm-hmm. yet here they are
1: in the same paragraph. So it sucks to be you. <laughs> you missed out on Sylvia Plath and that is a shame it's now officially documented that Sylvia is now diagnosed with depression
0: mm-hmm.
1: and is expected in this time she'd undergo electrotherapy for treatment on a regular basis oh, now I've, God, got I've got, got depression you've got depression can you imagine being electrocuted
0: no i would hate that i understand <laughs> i, <can> just, like, <laughs> I so come full someone, circle with as what as i say yeah who has had the diagnosed, <laughs> no as someone who's had diagnosed depression mm-hmm. for quite a number of years now mm-hmm. i could officially tell anyone that electrocuting me would not help <laughs> I've, I've literally
1: written like what you said before i understand that the knowledge was limited and so forth i summed it up with someone. <laughs> that's what they had to go on I'm sure sometimes they tried their best with it but i'm so glad we've moved that past that yeah Because I know I'd still be depressed after basically having my head sizzled. How would you feel, Charlie? Yeah, I would be not (laughs) pissed. (laughs) Be like, I'm still depressed (laughs) and my head's very hot. (laughs) Be
0: like, I wish I was dead more than I did 10 minutes ago. (laughs) Please stop doing this. It's just (gasps) something to laugh at. I'm not laughing because I think electro shock therapy is funny. I think it's. It's because it's it's just so so ridiculous. It's just so. Yeah. It's such a bizarre thing to even do to somebody. Why would you think it would help? Mm -hmm. I don't get it.
1: They're okay to, you know, make sure people don't get electrocuted on... Uh, like construction work so just and like things electrocuting
0: like that. healthy people mentally is a bad thing yeah but electrocuting somebody who has the big sads yeah. helps I, exactly like it, it, it doesn't not. reverse anything it, electricity isn't obviously well, I mean, they were electrocuting the brain and they figured out that the yeah. problem was in the brain mm-hmm but I I get that will never understand how they thought that electrocuting the brain yep. would fix. Well, I mean, they didn't realise at the time that it was a chemical imbalance. Yeah. They didn't know that. No. I just really wish that they tried it once, saw yeah. it didn't work, and then gave up and on it And stopped, yeah. moved on to something else. Yeah, it took yeah. way too long for them to figure out that it didn't work.
1: It did. Okay, so we get to August 24th. Uh-huh. A little bit of time has gone past. Is this the same year? I've put the year 1953, but I really don't know. Okay. <laughs> Age 21.
0: Sylvia That's goes
1: 1953.
0: Home. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, she was born in 1932. Yeah.
1: By 53, she'd be 21. Oh, I okay. get yeah, okay, thank you. <laughs> okay, so Sylvia goes home, she looks for and finds her mother's sleeping tablets, and she makes the choice. Everyone makes choices, but mm-hmm. they're good and bad things, which is fair. She crawls under the house porch with them and in an attempt to take her own life. Under the porch hmm
0: jesus
1: that it was very like why go under there it'll be dusty
0: and dark and that's sad that's, this whole thing is very sad
1: mm-hmm. and this was also her first documented suicide attempt right okay so she's been diagnosed with depression which is good that it's on record
0: yeah. It's yeah, not just swept under the rug. The rug is like, okay. Yeah. Being,
1: you know, they have not just pretended it's not there. Yeah. Like some people So do. she's
0: been documented self-harming, documented diagnosis, and now she's attempting suicide.
1: Mm-hmm. She later in life wrote about her first suicide attempt to this one. Uh, quote, blissfully succumbed to the whirling blackness that I honestly believed was eternal <laughs> oblivion. End quote. Wow. Mm. Holy shit. Have you ever had a dream where it's just complete blackness? it's the only word for it and it's kind of like you're floating but you're not disorientated by
0: it i don't know
1: it reminds me of that and it's kind of surreal for me to hear that this is a very similar description on what the perception of feeling dead actually feels like
0: yeah that is really interesting
1: yeah because i've had dreams about it or dreams feeling like that yeah but she experienced that as she thought she was dying
0: It's just really bizarre for me. It's so strange and so terrifying and so sad.
1: It takes me down a path in my brain that just keeps going with no end in particular, as is expected with me. (laughs) Because that's how I function. She spent six months in psychiatric care, where she experienced both electroshock therapy and insulin shock therapy.
0: What is that? Well,
1: that was under the care of the next person of interest, Ruth Buescher. I do, just
0: do we like her?
1: We do. And I'm gonna tell you quite a bit why. Okay. So we okay. get a good bit of background on Ruth and uh, like her time getting to know Sylvia. <clears throat> I just want to jump into a little pocket of knowledge here. Okay. As I've called it it's very cute. Ruth's full name was Ruth Tiffany Bonhouse.
0: That's adorable. It is,
1: it's so wholesome. It's a lovely Thank name. Tiffany. It's very, like, classy. <laughs> We've got a bit of a classy lady here. <laughs> She's mostly known by her married name, Boucher. She was an American psychiatrist, theologian, and episcopal priest.
0: I don't know what that is.
1: Same. She was also the owner of a big brain with a noted high IQ, <laughs> but I couldn't find a specific big number brain. for her score. Sylvia's IQ uh-huh. test, her score was 166.
0: Fucky hell, that's really high. Brilliant,
1: like. That is so high. Yes, that, I don't even know what mine would be,
0: but I feel like it would be, what, 90? <laughs> just going
1: to say nine. <laughs> yeah, maybe nine. I don't know.
0: I took an IQ test years ago, and I can't remember what my result was.
1: Wow. I've taken ones online, but I'm pretty sure they're fake. Yeah. Because you have to pay for them. I think we have to pay 70 pounds for them over here, which is kind of oh irritating. Gosh.
0: No, I've never paid for one. Like, why should I pay to know how
1: smart you know. I'm not? <laughs> I can do that for free by... Assessing myself in the I mirror. Do that
0: for free by trying to do mental therapy.
1: And <laughs> read a podcast script <laughs> At the same time? Well, <laughs> no. no, no, no. <laughs> okay. We love smart ladies. We do love smart ladies. Yay. Yeah. So even while Sylvia was undergoing what was most likely very painful treatment, she at least was in good company. During and after Sylvia's times of treatment under her care, the two exchanged letters.
0: Oh, that's cute.
1: Notably, ones that Sylvia later on burned. Oh no. These don't include two letters from Ruth to Sylvia. In the uh, it's titled Sylvia Plath Papers at Smith College. Okay. So I'm guessing those two weren't burned.
0: Maybe. Or were they burned? I don't know. Well, if it, if the collection doesn't include those two, then mm, maybe they must they be separate. Were burned.
1: Yeah. It sounds like they're like archived somewhere. Oh, okay. Which is good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: no. <laughs> she soon married. This is Ruth. Her first husband, Francis Esmond Julia, at a religious retreat. So she was big on being the priest. Excitingly, they eloped in 1944. As her oh. father had forbade the marriage, oh. but they were so besotted with each other she they was saw like, past Fuck it. Fuck you! I'm
0: gonna marry you. I won't we're won't. gonna
1: yippee skippy on a cruise <laughs> and you later. <it. laughs> they divorced. And she, oh. fused down the line, had remarried again, oh. taking the name Shoba and having children with this husband. Oh, so okay. Mm. They stayed in touch long after Sylvia had left the hospital. So this woman has like a decent amount of life experience. Yeah. Talking to Sylvia while sizzling her will have been, you know, you you can trust that person a bit more. Like if it was the some rookie doctor yeah, that I was like, so. yeah, I like to spice so, beans so at home. Did
0: Ruth? agree with the treatment that was being given to Sylvia? Did she think, yeah, this is a great idea? Or was she more like, I don't think this is helping, but I have to do it?
1: I can't tell, but I think it would I think it was more of the latter.
0: If if the general consensus among sort of the the doctors at the time were Mm electroshock therapy helps, then maybe she genuinely believed it was helping her.
1: Maybe, but then they did stay in touch long after Sylvia left the hospital in fact up until the last week of Sylvia's life. Oh, okay. So they stayed really, really good friends. I think that even if Ruth was like, I don't agree with this and going through with it anyway, she definitely, you know, she knew about her depression. She'll have heard all sorts about it from Sylvia herself. Yeah. She'll want to stay in contact to make sure she's okay. Yeah. Which is really good sense. of her. That is really Because funny. as just a doctor, you really don't have to do that. Yeah. You can just be like right next patient and just get on with it. But she chose not to. Which I, I find very sweet.
0: I like that. I like that. You know, yeah.
1: she's got a good person here. Um, I've also pasted in my link for what I used for that information.
0: Oh, okay. So I'll could, I could put that in the show notes.
1: Yeah, put it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> so her stay at McLean Hospital, where she had this treatment, mm-hmm. Um. That was paid for, and the rest of her scholarship that she'd gone to this college, On Smith College, uh, that was paid by an Olive Higgins Prouty. And that is someone that had recovered from a mental breakdown herself. So it's assumed that they met in the hospital.
0: So this is another woman? Yeah. Okay.
1: As patient to patient, going under the same treatments, they bonded over that, among other things, they're ready for the returns to the outside
0: world.
1: So she's got two good, smart ladies here.
0: Yeah, supporting her her
1: back. Yeah, which I... After seemingly making a good recovery, she was released, and she promptly returned to college.
0: Excellent.
1: Good on her. She didn't go down a particularly bad route. She went back into her education.
0: Excellent. Okay,
1: okay. We love. Time comes around to January 1955, and Uh it's at this time she submits a thesis titled The Magic Mirror, a study of the double in two of... Dostoevsky's novels and in the following June she graduated from Smith, you'll probably understand this more than me, with an A.B. Summa Cum Laude.
0: That's different from English but it might be a could be a 21 in England, could be a two-one in England. Sure, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go it to uni. It's good, it's so, good. Yeah, it sounds like she did a good job.
1: <laughs> After this she obtained a Fulbright scholarship Oh, so another must have one. Been good. Yeah, she's doing more studying, and this one is at Newnham College. Get this—one of only two of women's exclusive colleges of the University of Cambridge in England.
0: Oh, dude!
1: Whilst regularly wi- writing, writing really cool. poetry and publishing her own work in the student newspaper, called Cornifacity.
0: That's really cool.
1: Which is a cool name. She's now moving to England. Okay. So she's gone from USA to England. Uh huh. She's oh she's traveling <laughs> keep that in mind fully wrong. i mean you'll see it again another local newspaper is a great way to get your name out there
0: uh-huh.
1: though i've noticed that a newspaper count cal- no she would have the joy in facilities to spend her first year's winter and spring holidays you remember these from your uni god
0: yeah vaguely Still she traveled down. europe Very old
1: she travelled the whole of Europe.
0: Holy shit, I didn't do any of
1: that. No, doubt, in my mind, soaking in lots of inspiration for her writing. Oh, for sure. Clearly, because Europe, like, different parts of it are beautiful.
0: In There's their so own ways. D- There's it's so much so, in, like, so in diverse. Like, the main part. I just smacked my oh! <laughs> <laughs> Was that on your knee or the cat tower? No, or the, was chair. Back in the chair? I, just, ooh, ooh. I was like, doing a big gesture <laughs> with my arm. Like, you were. Smacked, like, you were the... moving so. <laughs> anyway. Gracefully. So, away from my elbow back. To she was travelling, she was writing, she was feeling inspired.
1: She was and she was introduced to a lot of cultures and lifestyles in a very tucked away. In college, her best friend was Dorothea Crook, okay.
0: which is also a cute name, a I mean adorable. this story is
1: full of cute names, except for one actually, There's one. they would go to class together, share lunches and share housing during their time there.
0: That sounds adorable.
1: I imagine it to be very quaint and picturesque. Two writers and students of literature living in the same house.
0: That's
1: right. It must be lovely, and with the interior they've had in that house as well in that period. Oh my God! I <laughs> oh, didn't
0: you know how it was decorated.
1: Oh, I imagine it to be beautiful. I don't. I've not seen pictures of it. Oh right. Okay. Sadly, but it was as you said before. The houses were lovely in this time, and they'll ha- they'll have had good taste.
0: I'm sure they would have had excellent taste. They'll oh, have had
1: so many bookcases.
0: Oh my god. Imagine.
1: there's oh. lovely hardbacks that have almost like fabric, but not. Oh, I know. And like velvet me. embossing. Oh. It sets my heart alight. But they finished their school years, soon moving to the territory of becoming more independent as an adult and transitioning that part of your life in a general sense. For it was a time when she met Ted Hughes. That boring name I mentioned. Oh
0: no, you're looking at me it's like It's a man's Ted's name. It's not. <laughs> It's
1: not a- nope. Uh, <laughs> well, mm, no. And the two of them had a speedy relationship, only marrying within a few months of seeing each other regularly. That
0: sounds like a terrible idea.
1: Again, it was a different time. I don't judge no, a bit, a but I am I'm shocked. Judging. That's
0: a terrible idea.
1: Yeah, I don't agree with it. <laughs> like, No, 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 no. In a 1961 interview with Plath, held by the BBC and is in the British Library Sound Archive Quote. I, I don't have a link to it because it's archived, so I, I don't think we can access it. Quote, I read some of Ted's poems in this magazine, and I was very impressed, and I wanted to meet him. I went to his little celebration of his that's actually where we met, and then we saw a great deal of each other. End quote. She then goes on to say, in the same interview, quote, we kept writing poems to each other. Then it just grew out of that. I guess a feeling that we were both writing had such a fun time doing it, we decided that this should keep on. End quote.
0: Thoughts? It's too fast. It's it's too fast and to just... To decide that you want to be with someone forever based off writing a few poems for each other is dumb. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I've, I've put here pretty much that. Sharing something you love with someone certainly is important but when it's the bedrock of your relationship it's a bit of a nope for me as tastes and passion and hobbies change over the years.
0: Yeah and just because two people have the same hobby doesn't mean that you're suited to spending your lives together. Yeah. That's Marriage is a
1: lifelong commitment, and back then divorce wasn't
0: really a you thing. You could, if you were, a, well, I mean, Ruth had a divorce, so you could do it. Yeah, but it's tough. But as a woman, especially, mm-hmm. if you were in a miserable marriage, you just you just dealt with it. It's called mm-hmm. there was a term for it. Sociologically, it's called an empty shell marriage. Mm. And that's it's, so sad. That's what it is, and it oh oh my god, Sylvia. I mean, also... hope that that didn't happen to Sylvia. Yeah. We shall see. Oh, no. <laughs> Sylvia
1: also describes Ted in a really cool way, one that I do want to put here because it's my episode, so I'm going to throw <laughs> it in. <laughs> quote, she says, well, she says, quote, he was a singer, a storyteller, lion, and world wanderer with the characteristic, a voice like the thunder of God, end quote.
0: That's a really cool way to describe him. That's
1: incredible. That's what she saw in him. But it was not that. <laughs> oh, no. I don't like Ted. What an incredible way to describe something as simple as a man. Woo-hoo! But if that's what you love, then I guess you're going to give it something beautiful. Do you agree? Mm. I've, I've put that in the script so
0: we can have a little chat. <laughs> I'm just like, be a girl, a <laughs> I don't think it's a conversation out of me, but like, I do, I'm, I'm just trying. listening. Yeah. And it's like... This I is how I go quiet sometimes. No, Sylvia, yeah. to. No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, Sylvia, no. <laughs> I, oh. I, I
1: relate to this. I, I oh attest to that.
0: Oh,
1: I gotta keep reading.
0: I don't want to.
1: I have to. <laughs> so they get married on June 16th in 1956. Of course they do. At St. George Lamont, Holborn in London. Though it's now known as the Borough of Camden. Thank oh, you. they got married in
0: Camden? Yeah. it oh, was pretty cool. Ooh. So that's
1: cool. However, they spend their honeymoon in Paris, and of all places, Benadol. Oh.
0: I get they have nice beaches there, but... Well, Benadol probably wasn't the shit stain yeah exactly. planet that it is now. Yeah. Because you didn't really... I mean, you would have had... Back then, you would have had a version of Chavs. They would have just been like... Poor people. Poor people. Peasants. That's how they will have been viewed. <laughs> but yeah. Peasants back then <laughs> would not have been able to afford to get to Benidorm. Peasants. <laughs> I <love it. laughs> no, what, I mean, I mean yeah, I'm a, a peasant. <laughs> I'm a I'm a pauper. Aww. But like if I lived back then, I would not have been able to afford international travel. No,
1: this is It was yeah. like
0: if you if you travelled abroad then mm-hmm. you were rich. Yeah. That's how you could do it. So for them to have honeymooned in Paris and Benidorm, they must have had some capital.
1: Once they got married, they had the honeymoon. They came back to Newnham, England. To where, England? Newnham. And I've written because I didn't have a fucking clue about (laughs) where this was in the country where we live. (laughs) Here is an excerpt from Google. So sweet Google has... Saved me a lot of trouble uh-huh. here. Newnham is a village in West Northamptonshire in England. The village is two miles, uh, 3.2 kilometers south of Daventry, three miles from Weedenbeck, six miles west of Junction 16 of the M1 motorway, and 11 miles west of Northampton.
0: Do you know what I would have done? I would have just typed Newnham into Google Maps Edith. and then zoomed out a little bit so I could just see where I was. South, so, <laughs> oh, so it's somewhere down south.
1: Yeah. Okay, woo. So that's where it is. Yes, the south of England. So good on them. Okay, it's yeah, nice the down there. They've got fields I and mean, we wheat have
0: fields up here too.
1: Yeah, but they've got like the southern fields.
0: It's not better.
1: No, but they're huge.
0: We've got a huge fields. I'm not gonna take yeah, just... this out. I'm
1: not here. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't northern slander. I'm just saying it's at a really picturesque spot near the River Severn. Okay. Which is sweet. I like some, some water. Maybe that's the water baby inside me. And honestly, that level of being away from the business of a city can really help you write or create or whatever the hell you're doing.
0: Yeah, that's true. Just getting yeah. out there yeah. in the country, like, having nothing. It's and beautiful. It can really help you write. Yeah. I can't write myself.
1: Exactly. Something that teaches on the edge of spooky. I don't think I'll class this episode of spooky. But it was this time this couple fell into a deep interest of astrology and the supernatural. And the two of them used Ouija boards, which I did not know.
0: I hate that.
1: Which I completely didn't know. I hate
0: Ouija boards. I
1: really had no freaking idea that Sylvia Plath used Ouija boards. I feel like two very separate worlds are colliding. Yeah, I don't like it. She even wrote a poem titled Ouija. It's not too long, so I'll read it. It's not too long. The glass mouth sucks blood heat from my forefinger. The old god dribbles in return his words the all god two writes a poetry end quote so it's very short oh that's really cool there Ooh, cool. this is in my opinion beautiful on one hand it could be that she did communicate with spirits but on the other hand it's just as well speculated that she was simply contacting her unconscious thoughts and shutting off the conscious part of your mind Quieting all of the senses and focus, especially when living in a, re- a remote area as they did.
0: Yeah, she could have just been using the board as like inspiration for what she was writing.
1: It really would catalyze that feeling and that yeah. notion of something supernatural is going on. Yeah. Now, Plath, Plath, Sylvia had begun using an Ouija board at the suggestion of Ted.
0: Oh, okay. so, so it's also like,
1: yeah, he just slipped that in there.
0: He was like, oh, why don't you try. This. You know, this thing
1: that has you communicate with the dead, maybe. Get deep into your mind and never come back. It kind of, that's a bit of a red flag.
0: Like an yeah. orange flag. It depends, like, the orange flag. <laughs> okay, so what orange flag for Ted?
1: <laughs> I don't know the frequency he used it. It could be that he led her to use it. And having seen that it gave a catharsis to Sylvia, she often felt a bit better and less depressed after it. Okay. Um, he didn't stop it. Their intention using it allegedly, was to tap into the collective unconsciousness of the world. Oh. Which is pretty deep. It was like, yeah, the that's world? Like even
0: to talk to ghosts. That's... No, wasn't they? That? No. I was just a little bit Yeah, befuddled. I've not heard of uh, the use of a Ouija board for that before, but okay. Okay, Tad.
1: This was an idea that they'd taken from William Butler Yeats. So he yeats. So this is his. <laughs> We've got a man that yeats, literally, by he name. He is yeats. <laughs> Now hold on for this title. Who is an initiate of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn?
0: That sounds like a cult. Does
1: right. And he's like, I'm going to use the Ouija board to tap into the collective unconsciousness of the world. (laughs) Like that doesn't sound any anything positive. Doesn't sound good. Is going to come out of that. That was a major role put into the idea of a spiritus mundi, also known as the collective soul of the universe. Oh. Do you see how I see it? Like, it kind of teeters onto spookiness, but... Yeah, yeah I get it, I get it. Because it's yeah, it's yeah, yeah.
0: there. I see exactly what you That's mean. Sorry. I haven't explained it. I totally get it. Mm. It's fucking weird, though.
1: It is said that Sylvia met Pan, her spiritual guide. Pan is said wait, to her, Wait, wait,
0: wait, yeah.
1: wait. Yeah. Stop.
0: <laughs> she met Pan?
1: Yeah, I, I didn't Who call it that. Who
0: is her spirit guide? Apparently. But but Pan is is a... Character already. You mean in this case? No, I mean in general. Because yeah, this is what I thought. But Pan yeah, is the, Pan is a deity. It's Pan is a not a person, not like a, a human person. But yeah. like he is already somebody. Hmm. So is is this just she? I don't he,
1: know if it's the same Pan or someone that she called Pan, or if someone that introduced themselves as I am Did Pan. She? I'd, do I don't Do you think know
0: she actually had a spirit guide? Or do you think she was just faking the whole thing? I don't know. I've written
1: here that Pan is said to, this is just alleged, to a her ego and really spoke to her, who was also allegedly predicted her future publisher. This is something else that has me leaning into. It's simply her unconscious thoughts and that manifested into a person. The fuck? Yeah. And I'm always down for some supernatural things and whatnot, but there's yeah. times when it's just psychology I can't at tell play. If
0: I- I mean, I can't tell either. Yeah, when it comes to like ghosty, spooky things, mm-hmm. I definitely believe in weird, spooky things. Mean yeah, stuff. But spirit guides are a very specific thing, and I don't know mm. how much stock I put into it. Yeah, it's, it, it's a, a tricky one. A lot of one. people that claim to have spirit guides are frauds.
1: Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> how do you disprove that? You, because it's the unknown stuff.
0: Yeah, but yeah, and that's why they. Capitalize yeah, on exactly it, because really. you can't disprove it unless you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like so many people saying they have spirit guides turn out to be bullshitters and frauds. So mm-hmm. that's why whenever someone says that, I'm like, uh, like "Do you know,
1: did that happen? Do you, or is it just a guilty conscience? What's yeah. going on? There? Are you okay? <laughs> Are you guilty of something?
0: <laughs> Are you frauding?"
1: If anyone's wondering, I said before it was a makeshift board.
0: Oh, so it wasn't an, an official.
1: Quote, no, it wasn't Hasbro. Board.
0: It was Nope. It was one she cobbled together herself.
1: And it's it's said from many places that it's made from a tipped wine glass, which could be the planchette.
0: Oh right. Okay, it's also great.
1: noted as a brandy glass that was knocked over. Right. And they used that. So it's some kind of
0: glass. It's some kind of a householdy vessel. Yeah. Yeah, ooh, vessel.
1: Check you out. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a little side poet over here. Mm-hmm.
0: A drinking vessel. I used to write poetry in high school.
1: It looks like you kept going. <laughs> yeah, I've been looking up for the images to see if there's anything of this, but it's just generic, old-timey ones. Things people have oh, photographed okay. recently and then put the old filters on it.
0: Oh, so there's not really. Any so that was a dead end. Of her, yeah. Ouija board. okay.
1: But I'm so curious.
0: Yeah, I kind of want to know. What it, it just looks kind like. of like one. What, what did she use? I get it doesn't make yeah, too much of a like difference a, no, if they just touched on if it. If you see like what she made something out of that she used to inspire her it does give yeah. you a bit of a peek into like her creative process and mm, her mind and I does. find that very interesting. I, I like it. <laughs> yeah. So it's a shame there isn't many photographs of it.
1: It is. There mm. are more poems Sylvia wrote By I won't go sharing them here. Now, you guys can have a little task of your own and look them up. Okay. Just have a little, have a little curiosity fest. Go read some poems. To the year 1957. Okay. If we're not there already, who knows, Massachusetts. We're going to go to the month June, to the time you could just move countries. Because these two, uh, they experience a luxury we will not know. They moved to the United
0: States. I mean, with how things are in the United States at the moment, I mean yeah. I woke up this morning and Roe vs. Wade has been overturned. I wouldn't oh, call God. In the United States a luxury, I'd call that some No, I mean punishment. being able to finance it. Yeah, but being able to just hop around and live wherever you want in the world is quite cool. Yeah, it's it's cool. I <laughs>
1: it it humbles me. It reminds me <laughs> I am a fellow peasant. Yeah. <laughs> and a pauper. Oh yeah and from september onwards Uh sylvia taught at smith college
0: oh that's so cool so she returned there to teach this time Mm
1: -hmm. which is her alma mater for people that's familiar with the sorority thing that will be something that makes sense
0: it's not something that makes sense to me
1: yeah me neither i was like okay i'll put it (laughs) (laughs) however it turns out she found it difficult and draining to be teaching and giving time to her writing In 1958, they moved over to Boston. So they're often moving around, which honestly sounds stressful. Yeah, Yeah, there's a lot of move. There's a lot of change. I don't like doing that.
0: Yeah, it's not for everyone. Some people can do that. Some
1: people thrive off it. Yeah,
0: but sometimes I, I don't think I would suit moving around that much. No. I don't think I would like it.
1: No. So once they moved to Boston, Sylvia got to work once again, this time taking employment as a receptionist in a psychiatric unit in the Massachusetts General Hospital. (laughs) That sounds. I'm back to seeing Massachusetts a lot, so (laughs) it didn't disappear completely. (laughs) Sorry.
0: (laughs) I don't know how like, as someone who has mental health problems Mm -hmm. themselves, I don't know how well I would suit being a receptionist in a mental health hospital i feel
1: like i would give out a lot of bias i don't
0: think i would cope very well
1: yeah i'd be like With don't have the electric shot
0: yeah but like seeing a lot of the, <laughs> people coming in that are struggling i think i would yeah. find it really hard i'd end up absorbing that yeah i don't i don't think it would go well off me sylvia why i don't, I, don't. <laughs> I can't quote her on that sylvia, why? <laughs> and quote not quote
1: seat, she would also, in the evenings, her spare time, she would sit in on creative writing seminars that were given by Robert Lowell, another poet and a large figure in the writing field. So that's cool.
0: Hi there. So it's Charlie, just with a quick one. Um, embarrassingly, it seems as though we've had a slight technical issue and all the audio we recorded at this point is lost forever. Um, however, This episode is actually a two-parter, so we didn't have actually that much recorded that you've missed out on. It was only probably about 10 more minutes. Um, So, yeah, what we're going to do is just the stuff that got lost, we're just going to add it into the beginning of the episode next week, and hopefully everything should sync up nicely. So, um, yeah, we don't really have a sign-off this time, except thank you for listening, and we'll see you next Sunday. Bye-bye!